This is Jason Douglas from CultureCast Radio, and you're listening to the 4D Podcast Network. I'm your host, Michael Malone, and this week I'm sharing my conversation with Gifted Gab. Gab started as a solo rap artist in Seattle and is now half of the popular hip-hop duo B.A.G., or Blimes and Gab. The music video for their song, Come Correct, went viral a few years ago, and it reached over 10 million views, and since then they've both put out solo albums and a joint project called Talk About It, which is excellent, by the way. Gab has been singing, composing, and playing instruments since she was a little girl in a church choir. And when she was all grown up, she was known as the mayor of Seattle. She's also been recognized as uh, Best Female Rappers on the Rise by XXL Magazine back in 2013. Gab's journey is a, is a reminder that success doesn't happen overnight. It's the old song and dance of Hollywood glitz and glam where when a new celebrity pops up in your favorite TV show or movie and you just think to yourself like, wow, where did they come from? Like, they just came out of nowhere. That couldn't be further from the truth, okay? Actors, rappers, singers, comedians, they've all been putting in the hard work for years before you're introduced to them on a national level. Like, just look at Gab's story. Before her quote-unquote overnight success, you know, with their viral hit, Come Correct, Gab had six solo albums out already. She was already uh, touring nationally, opening up for probably your favorite rapper. She was already, so she was known in the community. She reigned as queen in the local hip-hop scene in Seattle and was even recognized by multiple hip-hop outlets like XXL Magazine all the way back in 2013. So as you can see, things just don't happen overnight. Success in the arts industry takes a lot of hard work, and most of the time, we aren't privy to that part. And honestly, most of the time, we as artists are working for exposure, right? We're trading our talents for the potential of new fans and not much money. When I started out working the circuits years ago, I can't tell you how many times I played a show that had over a thousand people in the crowd and I was making less than a hundred bucks. That's just the name of the game. Hard work, dedication, and persistence. Now, that last one, that's the one that matters the most. Because not only do you have to believe in yourself, But you have to have patience, and you have to trust that the risk that you're taking is going to pay off way, 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 way down the road. And here's the fucked up thing. As an artist, that hunger never goes away. So even when we quote-unquote make it, it just makes us hungrier for the next challenge. I had sat down with Gab before we talked. Uh, I'd interviewed her before. The song that went viral, Come Correct, it came up on my Discover playlist a few years ago on Spotify. As soon as I heard it, I dove into the rest of her catalog. I looked up Blimes Brixton. I I heard all of their songs. I went through their albums. I reached out to Gab because she was still living in Seattle at the time, and I was headed there on tour. So I slid into her DMs on Twitter, and I asked her if I could interview her when, when I was coming to town. She agreed, and so uh, I ended up renting out a small studio space. I gathered about 20 locals. I hired a camera crew, and I got to sit down and talk with Gab for the first time. And Actually, that interview is still up on my YouTube channel. You can check that out, uh, backslash Malone Comedy. So YouTube.com backslash Malone Comedy. You need to check it out. Gab and I talked about her childhood. We talked about her losing her mother at an early age due to cancer, her, her musical beginning, singing in a church choir. And she even performed a song for us right there. Just, just you know, 20 people in this little room and, and she performed for us. And it was incredible. Afterwards, Gab showed me around the city. We, we drove around a little bit. She gave me more of a background on her story, how she met Blimes and, and how they got to working together. And, We've just been friends ever since. 
I've been really excited to catch up with her, and I'm so glad that I did, and, and I'm even more excited to share our conversation with you today. And if you're out there and you're listening and, and you're trying to be that next overnight success, stick with it. It takes hard work, dedication, and a fuck ton of patience. Enjoy. The last time and the first time uh, <laughs> that we got to talk, I had heard uh, Come Correct on my Spotify. It came up in my Discovery playlist. I was instantly fucking fell in love with it. It had like this nostalgic uh, 90s hip hop vibe to it. Um, almost like a like an early like Nas kind of, uh, you know, rhythm to it or, or pacing. And it was just, mm-hmm. it felt like, it felt like authentic hip hop. Um, it didn't, it didn't feel like what was out at the time. You know what I mean? Everything mm-hmm. is like this mumble rap or, you know, kind of Drake kind of thing where they're, you know, whatever this felt really authentic on what I grew up on. And man, I, I heard it and uh, I reached out to you immediately. I was going to be in Seattle. I knew you were in Seattle and, uh, and I set up like this little interview thing and we had such a, a great time and uh, I had asked you to, <laughs> I'd asked you to help me learn how to roll a joint, which I'm still terrible at. And I, I had brought oregano because <laughs> I wasn't sure. I'm like, it's literally legal. You could have went to an actual store and bought real weed, but you decided to not. Okay. I know. I still regret it. Like I'm sitting down with it, you know, with with this rapper. I'm in fucking Se- Seattle. You know, I'm doing all the this, you know, fucking OG shit. And I'm like, here's some oregano. Can you show me? <laughs> if you weren't a comedian, you would have got you would have got jumped up out of there. <laughs> Everybody's like, okay, so this bad. is clearly a bit. Like we'll let it rock because this has to be a bit. Because what the fuck. <laughs> oh my god but you were you were so nice to me you, you know afterwards we we rolled around and and you showed me the city and uh you know we got to talk more and hang and it was so great and and now you you have all this stuff going you know i'm, I'm checking my feed and you know obviously before the world shut down you uh right. you teamed up with blimes brixton another great hip-hop artist and you guys were doing these music festivals you're collaborating on this album you guys had, had come off from the heat of doing uh, uh come correct the the soul the the single that was out what was that like going from because you already had a pretty good following in seattle right you mm-hmm. were kind of like the queen of rap there and to go from that to this national stage of, uh, I mean, you had millions of hits on, 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 on come correct. The, the single that was out to go from, from that to this national stage, what was that feeling like? Man, honestly, it was pretty crazy because like you said, I've been, I've been doing my thing for, for a long time. Like I've been, I put my first project out in 2012 and I mean, even even then, like I've I couldn't tell you how many people I've opened for. Like I've literally opened for Rakim, Cameron, Slick Rick, DJ Quick. Like he- I've opened for like pretty much all my favorite. You know what I'm saying? Rappers right. and stuff like that. I did the tour thing and and the festivals and stuff. But I've always been like a lone wolf. You feel me? Like it was very much just you know gifty gab. Um, but then yeah, when the when the come correct thing happened. It was literally just, you know, we put out the video, it got crazy viral. And then the internet was essentially just like, so you guys are a group now, right? Like, (laughs) you want to see tours? You want an album? Like, let's, let's get it, ladies. Like, come on. And so we're just kind of like, okay, like, like we would be, you know, stupid not to ride, ride that wave or take those, you know, opportunities, which is great because man, that year, what was it? 2019? Yeah. 2008. No, no. 2018, 2019. Um, yeah, we did like fucking every festival that year, like from Soundset to Austin City Limits. Like we did, we did fucking everything. It was, it was cracking. It was, it was really, really fun. But then like, you know, we're, 
we had plans to put out the album many times before we selected that date, but we had only we only released it when we did, which is I want to say it was June or July of last year. I mean, you know, global pandemic hits, and then it's like either we hold on to this album again, and then by that time it'll you know be like hella outdated, and we're not really gonna fuck with it like that, or do we just have to bite the bullet and just drop the shit without? you know, being able to do the, the promo run and, and, you know, all the, all the stuff that comes with releasing the album. So we did it and, you know, I'm proud of it. It's a great album. I feel like it's one of those ones that, you know, is it, it'll, it has hella potential. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? You see, you see like Lizzo and shit like that, like getting placements and stuff like that from songs they did like years and years ago. Like it has that capability to still, to still hit, but it was just the unfortunates of <laughs> just the timing is, awful i mean couldn't yeah. couldn't have picked a worse time to put out a fucking album it was horrible yeah yeah i mean and, and nobody saw this this coming and it was just such a you know oh man it was what a what we a did we did but we were just like nah yeah that's true yeah we were like we're america we'll be fine right we beat everything nothing nothing can no. penetrate us but boy did it oh my we are God. still getting penetrated right now God, Jesus. So you guys, but you guys had like this perfect storm happening, right? You mentioned this, this, this rise in the internet and that's, that's exactly what it was. It was this viral video in a mm. time where, again, where, you know, where the market is saturated with mumble rap and just mm-hmm. you know, single and single and single of Drake happening. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, if you want to listen to Drake, you know, if you want to listen to rap, it was either Drake or, you know, uh, the fucking the whatever the, trap rapper. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The opposite of that. Yeah, and so you like- guys came in through this this viral video. You have this nostalgic, authentic hip hop flow that we haven't heard in a long time. And on top of this, you have this this rise of of women in the arts. You know, with directors and actors and and rappers and singer songwriters. So it was just like this perfect storm. Um, yeah, and it was that- a thousand. It was a thousand percent the video that did it because the song had been out for a minute until we put out the video, and it. You know, it was it was what it was. But then when we put out the video. I think it was more so. I mean, I, I ain't even gonna lie. The the story behind the song is crazy because that the come correct was literally just supposed to be used for uh blonde blondes at that time was shooting this uh, documentary or she was involved with this documentary and her her dad is a blues musician and it was kind of about him and you know her or whatever and one of the scenes that they did that we you know she had me come through to the studio and then we like just essentially like we wrote it hella quick freestyle most of it just did it for like the documentary I thought that's just where it was gonna live but you know what I'm saying but then we ended up putting it out and shit so honestly to this day I like the song but it's just like one of those things like I have a catalog of like six seven albums blinds has a catalog she's been a battle rapper she's been on every you know what I'm saying like we we right. have hella product and it was crazy like that was the one that that hit you know what i'm saying but i think it was more i think more than anything like it was the the image of seeing us too like we are like let's be real we're a fucking odd couple like you got this, this gay <laughs> white girl and then you got this fucking black chick like it, it was you know what i'm saying like if i was scrolling down and see that i would stop and watch it too like what the fuck are these bitches talking about you yeah. know what i'm saying and then when you click it and you hear the sound like oh okay this shit's actually filthy like y'all not just talking about bullshit but it was it was a hundred percent i totally understand that like the the allure of it was very much just us being a very odd couple. And I'm, I'm cool with that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm super cool with that. Do uh, do you remember that, that feeling that you had, like what would that moment when you knew like, Oh shit, this is something. Well, I woke, I woke up the next morning and there was like 8 million views just on Facebook. (laughs) And then I tried to get on Twitter and I, I literally had to, um, I had to delete Twitter off my phone and re and re um, upload it because it like there was so many at like it was crazy. It was I'd never experienced viral <laughs> viral moment like that before. Like it was really fucking insane. Like everybody atting at you and I'm like missing things or people are like Rod Digger added you and whoop, whoop. like wait what? Like it was just so it was just so much fucking going on. It was. It was fucking insane, but we definitely, I'm glad we definitely took that opportunity and like struck while the iron was hot because we had like the best year ever. Did you have, did you have old friends and stuff reaching out like, Hey, <laughs> when you go on tour, don't forget me. <laughs> you already know, you already know. Hella, hella, 
you don't know how many I don't forget about me's, which kills me because it's like, bro, it's been like 72 hours, fam. Do you think that like fame has got to my head that quick that in 72 hours, I'm just like, fuck my old friends. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm onto a new life. Like, come on now. <laughs> It's so or the ho- Hollywood gab, like I don't even live in Hollywood. Like if you knew how <laughs> I was actually struck, like I don't live in Hollywood. It's very expensive. It's so insane the, with the the outsider's view of what uh, fame is. Yeah, you know, especially in the arts when you're on the rise. Um, you know, because I've done a few things on TV and this and that. And when um, you know when I talk to friends from back home and stuff, they're like, "Oh, you must be doing this and that." And it's like, "No, you don't understand." For the longest time, it's almost a, a pay-to-play kind of business. You know, mm-hmm. um, music and comedy both kind of operate like that, where you don't get a lot of money, and if you and what you what they trade for, you know, your your content and all that stuff is exposure, right? That's what you get promised all the time. Is like, well, you know, the budget's not really this, but you know, right, there's a thousand people. That will listen to you know whatever the right fuck. right no and comedy so, uh, game is very much like the rap game or the music game period yeah yeah we end up trading art for exposure and it's always a gamble and always uh, and you kind of have to just bet on yourself which is what you guys did and sometimes you hit the jackpot and sometimes you end up you know touring and continue to just put out more and more and I think I feel like you guys did a really great job of capitalizing on that heat because you consistently put out uh more video it was you know almost immediately you guys had nasty out um which is a great music video it's so fun and, and bright and and just like it's it reminded me of like an old in in in, in living color you know kind of <laughs> sketch. Yeah. it's just like yellows and oranges and like mm-hmm. just so in your face and loud and it had that 90s vibe is this something that you guys are purposely tapping into this this nostalgia no and yes um i mean i'm very much (laughs) one of these days you're gonna have to come look you're gonna have to come visit me at my crib because honestly anytime anybody comes to my crib they'd be like all right i get it (laughs) (laughs) i get it now i get it like this is not a facade my nigga you're really just wow (laughs) like just a collector of things like i'm just such a I don't know. Like I'm one of the, like, I'm just a ball of useless knowledge. Like I just, I have, I'm such like a comedy buff. I'm a movie buff. I'm a music buff. I like to collect things. Like I like shows. I like culture. I like cartoon. You know what I'm saying? Like I have, I love all that shit. And I think it it really bleeds into my music and my, you know what I'm saying? Like my look and everything, like, you know what I'm saying? Like the way we dress, like all that shit is not, it's not like we had like stylists or anything. It was literally us just going in our closet and wearing shit that we already had, but we just put it together <laughs> in a way that just looked like that. Like, that's just really, that's just really us. You feel me? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's not a vibe. It's your life. This is just life. <laughs> your Pretty life much. is a vibe. Like, I watch, a, I will, I watch a lot of TV and movies and cartoons. So like, even in my music, you could tell just like by my references and shit. Like, I just know a lot of shit about like, I could probably maybe win some type of like pop culture jeopardy. Like if it was like real, <laughs> real facts and like history and geography shit, like nah. But if you ask me like what Martin said in like episode two of like season three on it, like I can tell you that. Like I know these things. <laughs> uh, I'm going to bring you to trivia night some night. <laughs> For real. Fucking clean house. <laughs> Please, do. <laughs> Please do. We could tag team that shit for sure. <laughs> Now I noticed on uh um on on Blimes' stuff, she is she slips in a lot of stuff about self-care and she's really into that. Um mm-hmm. that kind of whole world with meditation and and you know and all that. And that's you know, that's my fucking jam. Um and I've noticed that you've uh dropped some weight over this pandemic. One of the few people in the fucking world that's actually <laughs> right. gotten smaller. Like, what well, how dare you? <laughs> I got I, I got thought, little in the pandemic, okay? <laughs> I thought we all agreed that we're just gonna fucking eat pizza and lay around and fucking every time I check my feed, you've dropped 10 pounds, you're looking great. I'm like, what the fuck is this, Gab? We all had an agreement. <laughs> no, you look fantastic, but uh, <laughs> are you are you also doing like the the mental workout as well? Is this a self care, self love kind of thing, or, or no. do you have some kind of motivation? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> uh, 
I'll tell you what. No, it's funny you say that because like Blimes and I are set, like we're literally both Pisces. Okay. But I'm a February Pisces. She's a March Pisces. Oh, that's huge. We're both Pisces. But we, we like have we're like so alike. But at the very same time, we are completely night and day. Like even from like I'm saying like my house, I like there's not a, a bare space on the wall. I have just a bunch of just shit fucking everywhere. Blinds is like everything is 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 plants. Everything's all white. You know what I'm saying? The windows are open. I don't open windows. I don't want. I don't. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> I have lamps and shit for that. We don't do natural light because that's people in my business, and I don't do that. But like we're so opposite in what like I'd be telling her like she's she's the crystal crystal witchy side. And I just right. be like, just saying whatever, but like, <laughs> she's, she's more in the spiritual and, and moons and, and Zodiac shit. And I just be like, bro, I just be smoking weed and talk to myself. Like that's self-care for me. Like I literally just sit there and me and me just figure it out. But, um, but yeah, so it, it, it definitely works in that regard. Like to be just so yin and yang, but at the same time, we'd be on the same page, but at the same time, we, we do shit totally differently, but it like, it works hella fucking well, you know? But as far as the weight loss shit, like I said, I got fat and skinny in quarantine. Like, let's let's be real. <laughs> like, we've been at this for a minute now. So it's I've, I've fluctuated. Minute. I've definitely fluctuated. <laughs> like, I kind of actually got back to getting a little bit lazy. But I don't know. It was one of the things where, like, it wasn't a conscious. It definitely was not a conscious weight loss. At first, it was kind of like, it was a lot of stress. And I was in, like, a relationship that, you know, it was, it was a toxic thing. So like, just with the stresses of that and, you know what I'm saying? You're after a while, it's like, that's the only thing that we could really do was just kind of chill out and eat. Like after a while, I just got hella bored with like the shit I was eating, you know what I'm saying? And it's LA, like granted, you know, LA does have a lot of like health foods, but at the same time, like we all know about food deserts and, and, um, you know, I'm just saying like how certain neighborhoods and shit like that, there's just, it's very hard to find, you know, healthy food and shit like that. So you just end up eating bullshit. Then after a while, it's just like, bro, I'm just tired of waking up having to like shit three times before I was like <laughs> going about my day or like, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Or just like your, your mind finally attaches to your stomach in a sense where it's like, I know I don't need to be eating the shit. It doesn't make me feel good. I don't really like it. It's more, I'm just bored. Or it tastes good at that moment. And then finally, it's just like one day your stomach is also like, girl, we're not doing that no more. Like, that's out. And it's like, okay, well. Yeah, there's there's so many times during this pandemic where you're just like, you know, because you and I are used to traveling and touring mm-hmm. and being in different places and all this stuff. So you get to, you, you know, we're spoiled with the, with the opportunity to get different foods from different places. Right. And man, during this pandemic, I can't tell you how many times I've just been like, I am so bored with fucking food. Like I'm just eating because I know I'll die if I don't, but literally <laughs> nothing not even that. sounds probably good. Keep a couple days, like literally right? just eating so many meals a day, then also <laughs> snacking in between those hella meals. Like, what are we doing here? Like, what yeah. is <laughs> you just go through the Rolodex and you're like, I've had everything. <laughs> right because the fun a lot of the fun with eating was was is the experience with it if you're a foodie yes. you know what I'm saying? i totally respect people that just eat to live whatever that's not me like i like to enjoy life so like going to a restaurant or like i like i'm not a gambling person like literally with my money but at the same time i like to gamble with experiences so i'll like i'm the type that'll literally like google or not google search but like in my um like the google maps just be like food so whatever food right. is in that area, like I'm, I don't have nothing specific, literally just find food. And then I'll go to it and be like, oh, this sounds good. I've never been there. Let's try it. It could be the I could have came across a gold mine or it could be the most trash place in the world. But I'm OK <laughs> with that. Like, I'm OK with those margins. So like those experiences are like eating with your friends or like, you know, shit like that. That is was all gone. It's literally just you make your own food. Or you go through a drive through, you get it delivered, and like that's mad boring after a while, and it's hella expensive. Yeah. Like, who wants to do that? And and you and I know this too, with like living in a bigger city like Seattle and now Los Angeles. Like, usually these hole in the wall, like almost dangerous looking places, have the best fucking food. Like, if you <laughs> if your heart starts beating when you park your car, and like when you exactly. walk in that. That's just about to be busted. Like, <laughs> like I might like, get stabbed or I might get a taco. Either way, <laughs> it's going to be a good night. 
<laughs> right. Like if you have to lock your car like twice, like you heard it locked, but you just want to lock it one more time just for good measure. Like, oh, this food is about to hit. <laughs> yeah. If you're looking over your shoulder, why you look at the menu? <laughs> Shit. It's, it's going to be the best food you've if ever had. If it has had. bars on the window. <laughs> Oh, that food is smacking. They've gotten robbed hella times. It's so good. <laughs> I went to this this place. Uh, I looked up a few years ago and I was in Long Beach. I was doing shows there and I was trying to find some uh, just like a little chicken joint there. And this place came up like five stars, all this stuff. I was like, all right, I'm going to go there. Dude, I rolled up. There are literally bars on the fucking window. <laughs> Shit like that. I'm like, oh, I'm in Compton. Oh, there you go. It's <laughs> fucking yep. chicken joint with bars on the window. I'm like, and that was the best die. chicken you've ever had, huh? Best fucking chicken I've ever. Had. And that'd be killing me because, like, I know the bars for safety, but like, they have to like smash your food damn near to like get it through. It's like, oh my god, this is really life or death. Yeah, <laughs> this chicken might kill me. Right, that's what I want. So with this relationship that, that you and Blimes have, this yin and yang, do you think that that helps or hurts you in the studio? Mm, I would say, honestly, we don't really bump heads as much as you think we would in the studio. Because, like, we both know that we're not coming from, like, you know, there's, like, no malicious intent. You feel me? Like... There's right. definitely, we we definitely like have our little tit for tat. So like, of course we're artists. So we'll like disagree artistically. I'll just be like, mm, I don't care what you, <laughs> I don't know what you <laughs> say. You know what I'm saying? But it never, it never gets heated or like past just being like annoyed or an eye roll. But writing with, I will say that it has helped my writing process because before, like I said, it was just me. So I was mostly just writing at home. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I was the type that had the beat already because I had a producer. So he would send me beats and then I would write at home and then I would book a studio session and then I would record it because by that time I already know the song. I'm in and out like studio time costs money. So it was more so just efficiency uh, more than anything. Um, right. But, you know, recording with Blimes, her coming from like a battle rap background. So she's like, she's very quick off the top like she can like freestyle really well that's not my strong suit I'm I'm a writer she can like she's also a writer as well but she can like go off the top so she has more experience like you know uh like being in the studio and like writing to the beat and the recording spot on that was never my thing because like I said I just you know who who got it like that like that's that's just my, <laughs> like you gotta pay for that like do you what if it takes like four hours for me to come up with this song at like fifty dollars an hour like I could just Right. write this at home and then come and record it in one hour you feel me so <laughs> like having but you know having to be quick with it like us both going to the studio and then like actually like creating the beat with the producer and then writing the writing you know the song while the beat is getting made like it just made you be a lot quicker so it's definitely it's definitely helped more than anything so you think it adds uh because it's it sounds like it's adding more structure but it sounds like you had already uh kind of a structured writing habit before you guys were collaborating so do you think it's more structured this way or before i would just say it's, it's just a difference just just writing with another person as opposed to just writing isolated you know obviously it has its has its differences but like you know having to actually listen to it, you know, listen and take into consideration somebody else's ideas. Like that was not something I never <laughs> had to think about. Like this is my right, thing. Yeah. Like, I don't really have to take care what anybody else says. So I think it, I think it is a lot more, I guess, structured if you want to say that, but at the same time, it's just, I think it's just added to both of our, uh, you know, added strengths to both of us. Yeah, when um, I did improv comedy there when I years ago, and I taught it for a while. And the biggest difference there, again, like what you're saying, is like you're so used to being on stage. You know, with stand up, it was like so used to being on my own, so used to just like whatever I wanted. And then when you go to improv, you're working with you know four or five other people on stage. You're sharing it with them, and the uh, you know you're you're so used to going after those punchlines or being yeah. selfish and going for those those moments um where improv you're you know the biggest thing you could do the best thing you could do is listen and help other people and set them up um 
So I imagine it works the same way with you guys where like you're coming from this, this spot of like, Oh, I, I have to deliver. I have to fucking shine. I have to like pull through and do this. Um, when really the best thing both of you can do is step back, listen to the other one and set you guys up, you know, for this back and forth, uh, uh, you know, way to kind of collaborate. We definitely like alley you each other to duck for sure. Yeah. Like we're both yeah. going to get our dunks off, but you feel me? We go, we go, we go help each other out. But it definitely do be like unspoken, unspoken uh, competitiveness. Like we both want to get <laughs> off. You feel me? But like it's not like one is like going to horribly out eat the other. Like it's always going to, you know, what I'm saying like we're both going to set each other up. To yeah, it's, it's for the greater good. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So when you guys were touring and all that stuff um were you were you riding on the on the road or were, were you were you more so like fuck no uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck no we were not creative in that in that aspect at all yeah. <laughs> it was oh my god it was it was during the fucking winter we were in a sprinter in a fucking sprinter van it was like eight of us you know what I'm saying? Like, we were just trying to survive. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't no, yeah, fuck no. It was a great time. Like, that was one of the great, that was a great fucking time. But no, we were not, we were not in, in the bus. Like, I was asleep. <laughs> Honestly, I'm horrible. Like, if it's, if there's wheels and I'm in it, I'm going to sleep. Like, there's no, actually, I can't stay up on an airplane. I can't stay, if, if it's at least an hour drive, I'm asleep. Like, I can't. So, yeah, there wasn't. But yeah, when we got to the next venue, I was just waking up. Like I'm literally sleep. Like <laughs> I was up and like cannot. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm so, the same way. Uh, Be- before the plane even fucking takes off, man. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm out. out. I'm super out. out. I don't even want to be up. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm done, dog. Just wake me up. Are we there? If we're not right, there, and you don't even have don't to wake me up. My body me. will naturally wake up when it's time for me to wake up. Like I'll. I'll <laughs> I would never be that last person on the flight and they're trying to shake me up. Like I, I know when to wake up. I'll be up. <laughs> Man, I've I've traveled super early in the fucking morning on like no sleep and I've made the mistake of uh I've fallen asleep in like the little waiting area before you board oh, the plane. Oh no. Bro, you talk about terrifying is because nobody wakes you up then. Nobody, if you're traveling alone, nobody fucking yeah, it's no one's responsibility. No. So you you're just there, dude. I've <laughs> woke I passed out one time and woke up. Plane's almost done. I'm the last one that I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> I gotta go. Oh, at least you woke up. You could have missed like several flights. Oh my god. <laughs> oh That's yeah, no. Horrifying. That is the worst. That is the worst. It is nice to be tired enough to fall asleep on the plane, but like getting, mm-hmm. getting onto that plane, like it's, it is very dangerous. Crucial. <laughs> <laughs> Been there. <laughs> so uh, you guys are collaborating a lot, and uh, but you also put out a, a solo project, and so did Blimes. Uh, before you guys put out the joint project. And you kept you and you mentioned before you guys kept pushing back this release date for the because I know I was one of the fucking people hitting you up, <laughs> being like, "Where is this album?" Right. Uh, <laughs> you had a lot of people depending on it. And then you're like, "Well, it's not out yet, but you know, here's Blimes, here's me." I'm like, "I want <laughs> the double album." I know. I know. <laughs> um. So was this uh was it uh was it planned to put out the solo projects before and then do the collaboration or did you just kind of like that just happened the way it happened uh no so the like the solo things were already like i said when when blinds and i put out come correct we had only met in life maybe like three times like this was very much a new thing i've never she's never been in like a group before and neither have i so like up and when we met and then when when the video had been out, I'm a, I like obviously people assume that we've been friends for years. No, we'd only known each other <laughs> right. not that fucking long. And you guys made you know what I'm saying. And the internet made us a group, so it was yeah. never it was never like a anything that we you know what I'm saying discussed until after the fact. You know what I'm saying. So like my album coming out and hers were already things just in life we were working on. And then you know come correct just dropped and then it kind of changed. You know, okay, so those albums were already in, in 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 process then. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
And when it finally, when, when you guys finally got to release the album and you're, you're putting out this content, you guys have been building up this network of, of fans and listeners. Um, describe what that feeling was when you release a product. Cause we all know like in the best part of the project is, is making it right. Like you're going into it, you're, you're tweaking it and you're rewriting things, you're redoing things. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're always working, working, working at it. And it always right. feels like for me, at least a project's never done, you know, like even when you release it, you're like, eh, there's a little thing I wish I could. Forever. <laughs> uh, Forever yeah. Never. Yeah. You'll, you'll hear something and you'll see and you're like, ah, man, I wish that little thing. Went. Um, yeah. So what was that feeling like when you guys finally did release it, um, put it out there, get it out there? Uh, was there this sense of, of relief or was it almost like, well, I don't know if there's a little thing I want to change. <laughs> That's definitely the both of us. No, it was always like if we could have, we would have still held on to it and kept nitpicking at it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just the the curse of an artist. Like, we really aren't ever just, like, completely satisfied. Like, that's why some people just hold it for so long because it's not right. And then some people just let it go because it's like, if I hold on to it, then I'll never put it out. So it was, like I said, it was, you know, we played it for a bunch of people. Like, we know what it was. And, and, and these were all songs that we had written and done, like, so long ago. Like, it's just, it's just... It's just crazy that like a lot, like another one of those misconceptions is like a lot of times these songs have been written like so long ago. Like they're so old to us, but like so new to y'all. You feel me? So like yeah. a lot of these songs were, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like written months, even like a year prior, prior to that. Um, so yeah, it was just a big, a big relief to just finally put it out. Cause it's like, you know, even, even to yourself, even to your, you know, as an artist, like things get dated to you because you know how long it's taking you to get to that point. Like it get, you know what I'm saying? Like we put it out and it sounds fresh and like we just did those songs last night to y'all, but it's like things get dated to the artist. And then after a while, like once it just feels like it won't hit the same, like I'm not even going to do it. You know what I'm saying? And then blind, <laughs> blinds feels the same way. So like I said, we're glad we we're glad we definitely put it out, but it was just the timing of it all was just fucking horrible. Yeah, and uh I, I feel the same way about you know with, with comedy. You you know, you'll you'll get an audience member afterwards and they'll they'll be like, Man, I I can't believe you just thought of all that stuff. And you're like, You think I just did that hour <laughs> just now? Just right, off like, the top? I just talking. <laughs> Like, I'm just talking. <laughs> you, you think I just, you know, came here from the hotel like, oh, I got something to say. You know, <laughs> just that's pretty like, flattering, though. That's pretty yeah. flattering. But people don't realize all of the hard work, like you said, that goes into it, the the time that you're working on it, you're chipping away at it, you're writing, you're mm-hmm. rewriting, you're working it, you're performing it. And so by the time you're fucking sick of it, it's the first time somebody's hearing it. And and you know it's the gift and the curse then because then they're like do it again and again i gotta hear it again (laughs) right exactly and and as an artist you're kind of caught between this weird space of wanting to always present new work right because you always think Mm -hmm. like especially when you're touring you're like i'm going back to arizona i gotta have a you know something new for them uh you know you're always looking for that that uh that love you know that appreciation and and so you're like i I have to give them something new and then half the time the people want the old shit they want the stuff that you've done a million fucking times and so you're stuck in this weird limbo as an artist that goes well i don't know do i just go and play the fucking hits or or do i try to do the new stuff right and i I think that's a common thread and with comedy and music as well because you know, a lot of artists get trapped in this, uh, these, you know, just playing the hits. They'll fucking tour for 10 years and they're, and it's just the same fucking five songs. <laughs> right. Uh, be, you know, because <laughs> the fucking, you know, the crowd's dumb and they're like, I want to hear it again. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, 
So how but, often? I mean, a lot of that shit doesn't get old. Like if you have a catalog, you can play over and over. Good for fucking you. That is amazing. Yeah. Because the rest of us have to keep trying to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, and like you had mentioned before, like I'm sure there's stuff that you could do from, you know, you said you had six prior albums and all this stuff. Like you could probably play songs off of there and people be like, have you heard the new gift of Gab? It's incredible. <laughs> right. The song's eight years old. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, like, it's weird because I haven't, even though Blimes and I just put out that project last year, like, literally, I haven't put out, you know, a solo album since Cause and Effect, which is in 2019. So I just feel like, I mean, I'm working on my solo project right now, but I'm just like, bro, it's been hella long since I've had to say what I've had to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's good to be, it's good to be back in my you know, back in my bag. So when you're so writing, then do you, um, do you, do you write around a certain theme in mind or do you, is it all off the cuff and, and kind of in that moment, whatever you're writing, whatever the vibe you're getting from the, from the music, or do you sit down and go, okay, this is going to be the concept for this, this album. I feel like I always go, I always go into it with this grandiose plan and like this whole concept. It is fucking amazing. And then I'd never do it. Like I always, <laughs> I always will steer off. <laughs> like it always starts with a great plan, but then at the same time, it do be starting just off of like a feeling or a moment. Like I feel really strongly about this concept right now. And then, right. but just the way I am, like a day, you know, a couple hours a week later, I like might not feel that way at all. So then I just have to, after a while, like I'll make, I, it's always like a, either I already have a song or an idea that I'll start with. And then I'll like make one full song and I'll be like, bet I'm going to set the tone of the album around this song. And that never fucking happens. Like <laughs> <laughs> it never happens that way. Like, and it's a constant battle myself. Like, yeah, let's figure this out like let's make a thing that's like nah because that like let's just do what we do like let's just make it and then we mold it we can mold it into whatever you want right so. yeah <laughs> so when you you know you are talking about a lot of issues in your music and and a lot of artists are and you know sometimes that gets high praise but a lot of times it meets with controversy and um so when you're slipping in these messages and you really want to talk about an issue um how does that how does that how do you go about that do you again when it comes to writing and you're sitting down with kind of like this theme idea and you're saying okay i want to talk about you know racial inequality or whatever um mm. is that something that you are focused on 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 slipping in that message or does it just come natural and then later you kind of have this byproduct of 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 messaging afterwards yeah no i never no, I ne it, it's never like that. Like, especially, you know what I'm saying? Like, when conceptualizing an album, it's never off of, like, I don't want to say, like, I'm not really, how do I put this? Like, I'm, I'm, I've never really been, like, a um, like an artist of the moment, so to speak. Like, I've never been one to, like, jump on a, you know what I'm saying? Like, whether it be, like, social activism or, or whatever the fuck, I've never just been somebody to be like, oh, I'm gonna make a song about the times right now. Like I've just never, <laughs> right, yeah. I've never been that, been that type. Like no disrespect or nothing to the people that do it, but like that's just not my, my creative style. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm more of a like I say things when I want to say them. You feel me? Or like how, how I want to say them because there's just sometimes, you know, what I'm saying you hop on that shit too quick and it's like it could either hurt you or help you. But like I'm never pressed to just be like. I need to I need to put out a put out a song about this moment right now. Like right. I need to This is a song people are gonna march to, you know. I gotta... Yeah, like I gotta I gotta get in on this. Like, nah, that's not I'll just I just talk about it how I talk. Like and I think that I think you can kind of tell that in my music. Like I just so to speak, I just be talking. You feel me? So like <laughs> the, things, the things that I say, whether they be profound or not, like I'm literally just talking. <laughs> but it's just well, yeah. I mean, you you're you're very plugged in, and you know, I follow you on on all the social medias and stuff, and you and I talk and and this and that, and uh, you're very involved. You're very plugged in. You're very vocal, and um, this is you know, especially a time when well, it, 
was a time when the fucking ugh, the gremlin overlord was <laughs> right. was in charge. You had a lot of people who were putting artists in their place, or at least trying to, and saying, "This isn't the time. This isn't the place." Or you know, you should stick to this or that. How do you how do you battle with with that? About do you ever do you ever go to say something on social media and and think to yourself, "Nah, you know what? This is gonna this is gonna start somewhere. I don't want to." you know, I don't want the feedback from this or you ever catch yourself uh, not saying something in a moment. Yeah. Yeah. More, more often <laughs> than not. <laughs> I think a lot of people would look at my Twitter and shit like that and be like, man, you just be saying shit. And I do, but like, I hold back more than I say, you feel me? Cause like some shit just don't need to be some shit just I don't need to be saying like y'all y'all are saying it enough like y'all and I'm seeing what y'all getting from it so I don't see how I can flip it and make it <laughs> and make right. it any better but at the same time like I just feel like people put so much like power and shit into what like like because essentially at the end of the day like if 50 Cent were to speak out 50 Cent is just a regular motherfucker at the end of the day he's just like <laughs> you know what I'm saying like we've just put a lot of stock into people and it's like if 50 cent says something that like brad and fucking colorado said like no one gives a fuck about what brad and colorado had to say about this but like 50 cent said the same thing you care so like it's not you know what i'm saying like why do y'all yeah. put so much stock into what you know what i'm saying artists like they're just regular we're just regular fucking people so yeah we're definitely gonna say the wrong thing at times or like not say it how you would like to but at the same time, like, look at our government, like the people in charge, like they're just as ridiculous. So like, what what are we judging here? Like, <laughs> yeah. like with the level of ridiculousness, like I'm cool with like 50 Cent or something saying or Boosie saying something ridiculous because these politicians and like the president that we had, like every, it's all a joke. It's all like everything <laughs> is a fucking joke. So why are you getting mad if like Mariah Carey has her take on something? Why are you so mad? Like she's right. Who gives a fuck? Reminds me of that old uh, Chappelle joke about like, uh, like oh, I wonder what Jaw Rule. Yeah, about like, this. who gives a fuck? What Jaw Rule thinks at a time like that? Like truly, like that's such a such a model for life. Who gives a fuck? Of course, I'm gonna say something that'll offend you eventually, but who gives a fuck? Like, who cares? We yeah. all say things all the time. And stop putting so much fucking stock and power into like artists and celebrities my god we're just regular motherfuckers <laughs> um so going back to the idea of this nostalgic vibe that you just radiate uh when we did sit down and talk you you had asked um you were like hey do you mind if i if i sell merch afterwards it's like oh no go for it and you had set up this little merch table and it was handmade drawings that you had made of like Rocco's modern life and like all these like nineties Nickelodeon things. And they were fucking fantastic. I have one framed. I have the fucking Rocco's modern life framed on my wall. It's, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. So you have this, this really great artistic talent as well for, for drawing. Mm -hmm. Was that ever a pathway you thought that you might go down when you were young and think like, well, maybe this is, this is for me or, or when did it, or, or was it ever like that? Did you ever, did you ever think of that? Nah, I just really? always, <laughs> yeah, I was always a, a doodler. Like I always was drawing, like drawing and just, there's really like literally just making like making something out of nothing like I know that sounds like hella cliche but like literally that's what I've been doing like my whole life like I've always had toys all the the toys and games and shit I wanted but like I would literally make my own toys like I would be that weird kid to cut up paper and shit all day and like make a whole dollhouse out of like toilet paper roll like I can't I have a doll an actual dollhouse but like <laughs> I'm making my dollhouse out of things I want to make you know what I'm saying like yeah. I was just that fucking kid like drawing and 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 shit like that so and building shit like Lincoln logs is my shit you feel me you're like <laughs> like literally just making shit like I don't know so I always knew that like whatever I did in life was just gonna be creative but I never knew what it was gonna be like I didn't plan to be like an artist or, or any of that like I just knew that whatever I was gonna be it was gonna be something that I created because I've always had jobs and I fucking like any job I've had like I was miserable like when I say miserable like my life was 
horrible. Anytime I can think about when I've had like a real job, I hated it. Like I had the same, it was the same exact process. Every time I would get this job out of necessity, I needed the job. I get it. She would be cool for maybe a week. You know what I'm saying? Cause give it a week. Now I probably don't like somebody you know what I'm saying? That works there. Something's pissed me off. Like now I'm just off this, like, I don't need this. Like, honestly, I really don't need this. I do. But like, at the same time, I don't because I'm finna be great. But right now it's rough. <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember I worked at fucking, uh, it was downtown Seattle and it was, uh, it used to be a, a old Navy and I was working at old Navy. Then it was getting turned into a forever 21. And it was like, it was around the time for, uh, to uh, forever 21s were like really hitting the streets you feel me <laughs> so like right. we had responsibility somehow of like literally redoing the store like turning old navy into forever 21 so it was like one of them and it was around the it was like near black friday so like we had to it was a whole lot like boxes and boxes like we had to put together fucking the whole fucking store like a matter of like a couple days Man, when I tell you, first of all, <laughs> they fucked up because all the homies got the job. Like, it was literally, like, 12 of us that was, like, all knew each other. So we were, we were, <laughs> at least six of us were not giving a fuck. Right. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm in the dressing room, just sitting there, chilling, hiding. <laughs> I'm walking around. I fucking hate it here. This fucking sucks. I have my headphones in. This was before AirPods. or So you had to have the wire. So, like, I'm listening to my beats and shit, like. Bro, I got more important things to do right now. So it was literally the day before, like, the store had got set up. It was like Black Friday was the next morning. They expected us motherfuckers to be working all night, go home, sleep a little bit, and then be here at the store for Black Friday. I had already made up my mind that night that that was my last night there forever. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, literally they were like, okay, Gab, uh, you know, we'll say we'll see you in a couple hours. And I was like, all right. And I just never returned ever fucking, like, I didn't even want the last check. That's how much, like, they eventually, like, had to mail it to me. But, like, y'all is never finna see me again. And that's how all my jobs kind of went. Like, one day I just got fed up and was like, I will never come back here again. Like, this is not for me. I'm still picturing you uh, smoking hella weed, uh, just putting together Lincoln logs for hours. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, I I did not smoke weed as a kid. I didn't start smoking until I was 15. (laughs) But imagining a young me with a blunt in my mouth building Lincoln, Lincoln Logs is hella funny. <laughs> Just hours. <laughs> but honestly, like, I will buy some Lincoln Logs, like, right now. You know me? Like, I love, I love that shit. I also did, I used to do the model cars, too. The ones where you, like, literally had to put oh, together yeah. the paint and shit. Like, yeah, that was my jam. <laughs> so funny. So random. I never would have guessed that for you. <laughs> right i'm mad doing my hands i just do things with my hands man it's great i put things together before uh before we get out of here um and I, I know you know you're you're involved in in the arts you know you're saying you're a movie buff you listen to comedy and and, and music and all this stuff what's on your playlist right now what are you watching and what are you listening to right now oh man what am I listening to right now? Oh, the homie Royce the Choice uh, from Seattle. He's one of the, my homeboys. He just put out a project, which is fucking amazing. I think it's called Aesthetics, I believe. Okay. But yeah, look up Royce the Choice. I'm listening to his project. Um, what else? Who else? My homegirl Dodger. Shouts out to Dodger. She put me on to Haiti, baby. He's pretty dope. I fucks with him. Um and then the rest of the music goes, I'm literally listening to the same shit. Like, I'm a very much I like what I like type of person. So my playlist really don't really change in like, it's sugar free. And you know what I'm saying? Like, Jay-Z and shit. like, I don't really, I listen to new shit, but I always go back to, to what I know. Um, as far as TV or, or whatever the fuck, I'm, I'm so sad because Snowfall is the, the last episode is on and between Snowfall and Power, I just don't know, like. It's so so few and far between. Like power doesn't come on for like another six years. Like they just take so much time to come out. And it's like, how are you gonna be that good of a show and then only like <laughs> the only be around every once in a while? Like that's fucked up. Um yeah, I, I keep hearing great things about snowfall. I haven't gotten into it yet. Um, but somebody turned me on to because I was saying how much I've loved Atlanta. 
and uh they're like oh you got to see snowfall then and uh kind of similar vibes and this and that and um it's good so I'm, I'm glad i got put on to it. it because as far as tv goes i'm like very much a like i'll watch a couple like like i guess like critically acclaimed or like ones that like a lot of people are watching like i'll watch a couple of those but but i'm very much uh documentary person like when it comes to like if i turn on the tv i'm always watching either a documentary or some type of murder crime like if it's about <laughs> murder say, I know about are you a, are you a murder crime doc or are you a nature doc because those are two those are the two i, want, I feel like the, the most popular ones i'll say this i'm a nature doc but only about water the sea like the water is so fascinating to me like sharks are my favorite animal did you watch the uh, the octopus movie the my my octopus teacher or whatever that was i don't know oh my god yeah is it a documentary yes okay this dude okay here it is yeah give (laughs) it to me this filmmaker dude in like australia or some shit uh he had like given up filmmaking and like gives you like this sob story in the beginning right he's like oh, i had forgotten about filmmaking i'd lost my passion right and then, uh, <laughs> and then he's like and then i went swimming in the ocean and i found a friend and i decided that i was going to swim every day and see if i could find him and then this dude takes a fucking camera and is, gets on his scuba gear and goes in the fucking ocean every day for like a year maybe a little over a year and finds you know, this little I have octopus heard about this, but i have not seen it bro for a long now i'm gonna warn you for a long time you're thinking uh this guy's probably gonna fuck this octopus yeah i was gonna say does it get freaky (laughs) there are definitely moments where he's like the octopus is like touching on him and like rolling up and his narrative is like super creepy he's like that was the first time that we ever embraced and you're like what the fuck yikes um But it's fascinating. It's beautiful. You're going to ball your fucking eyes out. I'm going to warn you. You're going to cry oh, like a Lord. little baby. Yeah. All right. I'll give it's it a great. look. Like I said, if it's not about murder, like <laughs> I love, I love a good murder or like just crime, like crime, but like real shit. Like yeah. somebody was like, have you even watched all like the law and orders? I was like, that's pussy shit. Like, bitch, I want to hear about like, I, I want really the truth about it. Yeah, like I want real shit. Like this really happened. Like this guy's still out here. Like yeah. <laughs> y'all need to find it. This dude lives amongst us. Okay. Right, like this is I'm a cold case. It. Like they have a talking person. <laughs> like this is serious. <laughs> so I like stuff like that. Like that in um yeah, just documentaries. I just love documentaries. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just kind of my my jam. And as far love as stand-ups, it. honestly, it's crazy. I've been paying for Amazon Prime for like a year now. not once until literally two days ago have i started like using the video feature like i i just thought you had to pay for everything like i never even once clicked on even the (laughs) app to even see what it was about but paying for it for a year i get on it i'm watching everything bro like i've been watching um like this (laughs) i was just a slave to hulu and netflix and youtube like that that's pretty much it and now i'm like what and then somebody gave me an hbo max uh or HBO Plus login, so I'm set. Oh, they got dude, some HBO's great documentaries HBO is incredible. Dude, the stuff they're doing on HBO Max right now, they're just like, they're saying, fuck it. They're just releasing feature films on there. They're like, oh, yeah, you want to see fucking Superman? Here you go. <laughs> Same Shout day. out to the homie who gave me that login because that was clutch. <laughs> that was super clutch. guys so much for listening i want to thank my guest today gifted gab again you can check out our first interview it's on youtube youtube.com backslash malone comedy you can check it out there or you can go to malonecomedy.com it's also available there and if you have spotify or itunes or whatever you're listening to music on make sure you check out gifted gab's solo project that just came out last year called cause and effect and also Blimes and Gab's joint project called Talk About It. 
Both albums are incredible. I also love Blimes Brixton. So if you're if you're a hip hop fan, you like that nostalgic flow, that throwback feel. Oh my God! Check out Blimes Brixton. Go check out Gifted Gab. You will not regret it. And if you want to keep up with me, you can do so on Twitter or Instagram. Everything is at Malone Comedy. That's at Malone Comedy. And if you enjoyed our conversation today, please hit that subscribe, like, and share button. It really means a lot. Thanks for listening. too sick of hearing my voice you can check out another podcast that i'm on called speakerphone i do it with my friend and singer songwriter ryan m brewer it's a good time uh you know pretty much the premise is him and i were having these great conversations over the years they were thought-provoking they were funny they were interesting and nobody got to hear them and so now <laughs> we started to record our phone conversations and share them with the world it's called speakerphone and you can listen to it on itunes spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast podcast at. Don't forget to subscribe.